Shalom. We can do better. Shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom. Who knows what shalom stands for? Raise your hand high. Let's say it in English. Peace. Peace. I'd like you to open up your Bibles to Joshua. Chapter 1. Does everyone have their Bibles? No, wait a minute. <laughs> Is this a Bible school? Or a okay. Well, I think I need to read a scripture to you. <laughs> Thou wilt keep him, or her, in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Do you know where I find that verse? It's in the Bible. (laughs) Now, you're really here tonight at a Bible school without a Bible. Am Am I getting that right? Or do you have your Bibles? Where's your Bibles? This is really exciting. I'm not going to have you read any scripture tonight. I'm sorry. But I do want you to listen. I want you to ask you a question. As you went around and shared why you were prompted to come tonight, I just want you to really think deep. Why are you here? I just passed out a pamphlet. It says, Who am I? Here's who you are. If you have been born again, and you have been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, and you have confessed his name, and you have been baptized, you know what you are? You are a born again, blood bought, baptized, believing Christian. And that's who you are, and that's why you're here. And that's who you are. It says, who am I? Today we are living in a society that people don't know who they are. They're trying to find themselves, or they're trying to lose themselves. Brother Merle's going to talk. I don't, I don't want to take anything away from him. In fact, I'm not going to talk from this paper. You can turn it over and use it as note paper if you like. If anyone needs a pen, my wife has pens. Does anyone need a pen? Okay, she'll, Miranda, Vic, pass out some pens. I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but I guess we didn't tell you to bring your Bibles. Tonight, we want to welcome you to Bible School 2022. And we want you to relax. We want you to get to know each other. We want you to get to know and interact with staff. But just like the majority of you shared, and as we read your bios and your invitations, as as you put in your application to come, we got a deeper look at you. And some of you were very open, and some of you were very real. And some of the pain and the struggles you're going through is, is real. And bless you tonight, it happens to any age. And it's happening to every person out there. You are not alone. Tonight, we want to just briefly take you through a few scriptures But before we do, 
Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Father God, already I'm sorry for insinuating these children have done something wrong. As I look in their faces, Father, they love you. They're seeking you. That's why they're here. Forgive me for putting a guilt trip on them for not having their Bibles. We know, Lord, that most of them here have hid your word in their hearts. And that's the power of life. Your word is life. Your word gives life. Your word created all things. By your word we're sustained. By your word we are redeemed through our Lord Jesus when he became flesh and bore our sins on the cross. Father, tonight, just bless these students. Bless the speakers. Bless the staff. Bless the younger children as they care for the other children. Just bless, 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 and open up our eyes that we might behold wondrous things out of your law. And that we might be able to take what we hear and appropriate it by faith to have a changed life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There are several directions I'd like to go tonight. But I think right now I would like to go back to Shalom, Shalom. Peace. Jesus Christ, who is the Prince of Peace is the one that offers peace. And when you read Isaiah 26, 3, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. It's in the Lord God Jehovah who we, stru- who we trust. It's in his strength and in his power alone who we trust. And as we trust in him and we keep our hearts and our minds centered in him, we have peace. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. That's faith. We must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And tonight and this week, you're going to diligently seek him. And he's promised, this is a promise, that he will keep us in perfect peace. You know, it's an interesting thing. You can look it up. I I read this in an article not too long ago. That in Hebrew, shalom, which means peace, is also in this word, perfect. And so this is what it would read. Thou wilt keep him. Who's him? A follower of God. A believer in God. Someone who has given their heart to God. In shalom, shalom, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. You know, we have a lot of storms out there raging, but you've all heard the depiction of a bird's nest on a waterfall, and there's that symbol of peace, that bird nest taking care of his young, just a symbol of peace on this huge cliff waterfall coming down, noise, raucous, wet, but peaceful, taking care of her young. No matter what storms are out there, there is a calm, and there's a peace when we come in a relationship with Jesus. In fact, it's perfect peace. It's peace, peace. It's not just peace from hostility and thinking, okay, now everything's peaceable. Them guys have calmed down. Those guys have left. 
Now, now we can live at peace. No, it's all about relationship with God, the Prince of Peace. And so no matter what storm you're going through, whatever trial you're in, when you can t- turn back to God, you can find perfect peace. You know, when Moses was about ready to go, I mentioned Joshua 1. God rose up Joshua. And God told Joshua that as God was with Moses, so he promised he would be with Joshua. I will not fail thee or forsake thee. In verse 6, he says, be strong and of good courage. God's promises are true. Be strong and of good courage. And as he goes through all of these promises to Joshua, he says, I will be with you. Be strong, good courage, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not away from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper wheresoever they're going. This book of the law will not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Now you don't think Joshua was going to come into some storms in life? He did. A lot of battles, a lot of warfare. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for thy Lord thy God is with thee. Shalom, shalom. God of peace will be with us. I want to encourage you this week, you young people. I know some of you are going through some struggles. That maybe some of the others aren't. Some of you are just now fairly recently baptized, even this year. Some of you uh, have just been struggling, maybe even with um, challenges with distractions and challenges with technology and challenges in your churches and and challenges in your families or challenges in in identity of, of what church culture you're wanting to be in. Some of you are challenged with Sin in your hearts, in your life. Some of you have backslidden. Some of you have made choices that have taken you away from God's word and his law. And and the fellowship with Christ is broken. But bless you tonight. You can be free of that. We're going to hear a revival series of freedom from, from sin and bondage and shame. And it's all in Jesus Christ. Moses was a man of God. Joshua was a warrior for God. Each one of those men in their own right was weak, but through Christ's power they became strong. It is in God and through Christ alone who gives us the peace, but it's also in God and through Christ alone that we can have the power to overcome and deal with the struggles and the pain and the frustrations in life. And the sooner you understand that Jesus is our peace with God. His death on the cross made atonement for our sins. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. That's a promise. It's true. We confess our sins. He's justful. He's faithful. He, He will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We confess what we know we have sinned, but he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. There's things that you have done or said or haven't done or haven't said that God cleanses you from all of that. 
It is through God alone, through Christ alone, by faith alone, that we have shalom, shalom. He is our peace. And he calls us to be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. As each one of us become carriers of peace, that's what the world needs. You know what peace is? It's the absence of what? Fears, doubts, something else? Huh? Anything else? Worry? Chaos? Loud noise out there? What's calling you? What's, what's diverting your attention from following Jesus? What's diverting the peace in your heart? We have a hymn that we sing, Restless Wanders After Rest. Why are you pacing? Why are you opening the refrigerator door? Why are you just wondering, what else can I do? Or, I gotta fill up my time, I gotta do something. I better go back to work. God wants you to just to be still. Anthony said it tonight, just listen. Be still and know I'm God. I'm God. We've given you an hour every morning. Get up, get, get dressed, get your showers, get, get, get ready. But get, just take an hour just getting to know God. Get back into the word if you've been out of the word. Get back into prayer. We must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We've been praying for you, folks. And I thank you for your prayers for us as well, speakers and the staff. I just encourage you to be, expect to be changed this week. But yet, give your expectations to God. We trust in Him to bring about what we need. You can raise the bar, you can raise your expectations and expect great things. But give it to God and let him do the work. It is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. If you want to please God, you've got to be still and listen to what God has to say. As these brethren speak this week, they're going to speak on Jesus Christ and him crucified. They're going to speak on, on Jesus, the creator word of God. They're going to speak on who God is through his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible school, when we... When it was first started, the whole theme the first year was God, and then the next year was God the Son, and then it was God the Holy Spirit. And every three years, it repeats. And this is God the Son, Jesus Christ. So who are you seeking tonight? Where is your mind at? Where is it diverted to or distracted to when you're alone? When you have an extra ten minutes. An extra hour. You know, there's verses in the Bible that encourage us to pray, like, and everything give thanks. Pray without ceasing. We heard recently that it was just like a continual conversation with God. We, God is everywhere present. He's with us. He, he will never leave us or forsake us. These are promises. He is right here. He's right here. He's, he's right in the midst of us because he is here. And so you can have conversation with God at any time. In fact, if you practice the presence of God and you have that daily ongoing conversation with him, 
It changes your life. It conforms your life. It transforms your mind. It gives you the peace. And peace is just one of the fruit of Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness. Out of his love flows all of these attributes of his essence, of who he is. I can say my wife is my greatest treasure here on earth. But Jesus asks us to lay up treasures in heaven. He wants us to have our treasure laid up in heaven. As Jesus Christ is there, we just keep giving things to him. And as the more you turn over to him, every part of your life, the better off you'll be. I think about some of the, the challenges that we may have faced. Um, sometimes we might get hurt by somebody. Sometimes we might get... Um, Angry, or someone has caused us to get angry. Sometimes someone does something wrong and says something. And then all of a sudden, we don't have this peace in our heart. I just encourage you, as we go through this week and you are washed in the word of God, and you pray to God, if anything comes, make a list. Maybe make a list of all your sins. Just make a list of all your sins and, and write them out and, and then just... Lay him at the foot of the cross like we just sang about. And that peace like a river will flood your soul. All these things that someone has hurt you or wronged you, forgive them. Lay it down at the foot of the cross. It might be siblings. It might be coworkers. It might be even parents or pastors. We all sin and come short. We all fail. We all blow it. And sometimes we're too proud to admit it. And bless you, if you can take the initiative to quickly keep short accounts. God wants to keep short accounts. He wants to just to lay it at his feet all the time. Be content with what God has given you. The power is of God, not of us. Just like the peace is of God, the power is of God. So don't be too proud or lifted up of not thinking that you can ask for forgiveness or forgive someone else. Don't hold grudges and hold someone accountable for something that you have no power to change. Forgive them. You have received so much. In America, we have received so much. We are so blessed. But in Christian America, we are so blessed. But bless you, those who have come in, in, in the tighter circle where they take the word of God literal. And, and put it into practical application. You have such a rich heritage that you can pass on to the next generation. That's what 2 Timothy, we encourage you to memorize that and you can teach others to teach others to teach that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus was declared to be the Son of God with power. That's what it says in, in uh, Romans 1.24. And, and John 1.12 says that to them that received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. That's one of the things you are on this paper. You are a son of God. You're a child of God. You're, you're blood-bought. You're born again. You, you have his spirit of power within you. And the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that dwells in your mortal body. Tremendous power. What a privilege. Shalom. Shalom. 
peace. Not as a world I'm giving it to you, Jesus said. I'm giving you a different kind of peace. I'm giving you a peace that no matter what someone does to you, you can be at peace with them. Because you have been willing to forgive them. Because you realize you have been bought and forgiven of your sins, and you are not ashamed of the power of the gospel of Christ. Because the power of God to salvation, he has saved you, he has given you peace. And so you can be a Paul and Silas in prison getting beaten and getting whipped, and you can sing praises of joy because Holy Spirit's there. And you can be at peace because no matter if the earth shakes, quakes and the walls fall down and you're released from your bonds, you still love the prisoner, I mean the guard of the prisoners, more than you love your own body and you're willing to stay shackled or stay in imprisonment so that you can share the gospel with those who wrongfully were entreating you and doing all types of despicable things to you. Wrongfully. Shalom, shalom. Peace, perfect peace. We preach Christ crucified to you who are called Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. When Christ is preached and preached this week, he is both the power and the wisdom of God because he is God. And that your faith would stand in the power of God and not in the wisdom of men. I thought about taking or having Miranda or somebody take a picture of each and every one of your faces. It'd be kind of neat to do that sometime unknowingly or maybe even knowingly and just take a picture of each one of your faces right now. Maria, you look like myself. Oh, thank you. That looks better. But then at the end of the week, just take a picture of your face and see the light and the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ shining through you because you went deep with God this week. You fell on your face before God and you repented of anything and you were open to what the word of God was going to do in and through you and you were willing to be changed into his likeness and be transformed by the renewing of your mind and we promise that and he's promised that. But we need it again. Bless you. 2 Corinthians 13.4 says that the power will be of God and not of yourself. That's why King David meditated on his word day and night. That's why he was like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brought his fruit forth in his season. Because his delight was in the law of the Lord. And that's what we are encouraging you. Great peace have those who love your word, your law, and nothing shall offend them, Psalm 119 says. Great peace have they that love your word. Nothing shall offend them, no matter what people do. You are so in tune with the word of God, the law of God, the love of God, that the, you know, the fulfilling of the law is love. If we love, we have fulfilled all of the law. If we love God and we love our neighbor as ourselves, we have fulfilled all of the law. And so thou wilt keep him in perfect feast, peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. And may God bless you as you seek him and his word this week. I want to just encourage you. I'm not keeping track of time. Ten more minutes. Thank you.
When the Apostle Paul was caught up into the third heavens, it was pretty amazing. He couldn't tell if he was in the body, out of the body, what was happening, but he was just amazed at what was revealed to him to the point where he couldn't even utter it. He couldn't speak it. But God did really, Jesus revealed a lot to him, and that's why we have a lot of the epistles. And one of the things that happened through that circumstance was that God gave him a thorn in the flesh. And it was humbling, maybe humiliating to Paul, but it was humbling to Paul to the point where he asked the Lord three times to remove it from him. And then the Lord says, no, my grace is sufficient to you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. I just want to bless you tonight. Whatever you think is a weakness in your heart, in your life, in your mind, you can take it to God. Ask Him to deliver it, to give you strength to overcome it. But sometimes the very weakness you might have is the very thing that the grace of God is going to help to, you to overcome. He's going to use that weakness to turn you back to Him, to trust in Him, to help you to deliver you from another temptation, another stress, another problem. That way Paul gloried in infirmities that the power of Christ would rest upon him. And when we think about the grace of God that brings salvation, Titus says, it's the same grace of God through Jesus Christ that gives us the power to live and to do his will. In him we live and move and have our being. It's the same grace of God. And so no matter what the trial of our faith is, it's more precious than of gold because it brings glory to God. And the end result, through the suffering, through the hardship, through the pain, through what we would call weakness, God is using that to strengthen you, to sharpen you. And you need to glory in your affirmities, glory in your, in your pain, not to... Not a, a, a wishy washy oh, I'm sorry, and just go around hanging out. Glory. No, glory in the power of Christ. It's the power of Christ. It's the love of Christ resting on you to empower you. I just want to encourage you. Uh, you know, it's one thing to know about God. It's one thing to know his word. It's one thing to even memorize the word. You know, the, the devils believe and tremble. Satan knows the word. He can quote it. He's transformed into an angel of light and so forth. But it's another thing is to know shalom, shalom, the perfect peace. You know, the Pharisees, some of the strongest rebukes that Jesus gave to the men while he was on earth was to the, to the scribes, the lawyers, and the Pharisees, those who were the keepers and the transcribers of the law, those who knew the law. They knew the law so much that the law became an idol to them. And they rejected the lawgiver. And we just trust that you don't get so caught up in, in the knowledge of the word that you reject the living word, Christ, the Holy Spirit in you. So be honest with yourself tonight. The power is of God. Jesus was crucified through weakness but raised again by the power of God. We are weak in Him, 
And we need to glory in that weakness, like Paul did. But we shall live by the power of God. We shall live with him by the power of God. One of those things on this who am I is that we are, we are dead. And our life is hid with Christ in God. If you want to find yourself, find God. If we are, we're hid and we're, we're hid with Christ in God, then you need to find Christ and you need to find God. And the more you seek and find God and find Christ in the word, you're going to find yourself. You don't want to be found out there where other people are finding themselves because the author of confusion is confusing them. So be honest with yourself tonight. Quickly, I'm going to give you 10 things that makes me realize that we are in a spiritual warfare. Our bodies and our spirits and our souls are God's. And Paul prayed that our whole body, soul, and spirit would be preserved blameless into the coming of Jesus Christ. We are in a warfare, but the war, weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And so we have to understand that this spiritual warfare is going to try to take and rob our spiritual minds and trying to deceive us. And some of you are struggling with maybe Mormonism, and some of you are struggling with, with other cults out there that are not taking the word of God truthfully and seriously. So be honest with yourself tonight and acknowledge that the enemy and the war is real. Satan is real. He's not a comic figure. The world, the flesh, and the devil are your enemies. And we can only overcome them by the power of Christ. And there's no time to develop any of these. But the world, the flesh, and the devil, you know, Satan is a thief that's going to come to kill, steal, and destroy. He's going to try to kill, your, if not your body, he's going to try to kill your testimony and, and steal your, your joy and, and, and just cause and defeat you. That's why you want to keep short accounts. Bring it back to God. Confess it to God. Be open to God. He knows you. He died for you. In fact, he, he provided the Jesus as a, as a slain lamb before the foundation of the world, before he created the world. So you don't think he knows your need? He provided the, the very need you need, the shalom, shalom. He provided the perfect piece of the puzzle that you're seeking for. It can only be found in him. Submit to God with an humble heart. That's what confession, that's what repentance is, is submitting to God with a humble heart. You know, with pride, we're going to fall. We're going to stumble. We're going to, anytime we get selfish, we're going to sin. Anytime we're seeking Christ, we're going to turn from sin. It's just, it's just, it's the law of sowing and reaping. So read Psalm 51. Read Psalm 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting your soul. We just want to confess and say, restore a right spirit within me, Lord. Search me in Psalm 139. See if there would be any wicked way in me. And then, number three, just be willing to say no to the evil one. James 4, 7 just says, resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Do you realize the power of that? The word of God? We just resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Get behind me, Satan. Just say no. Just have the word of God engrafted in, in, in your hearts where you know that that's wrong. And just say no.
then draw not near to God and yield to God, and He will draw near to you. It's a promise. There are so many verses you could go to here. Number four is use the spiritual weapons we have. Ephesians gives us the weapons there, and the and and also each one of those are really weapons, even though they're defense. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down the strongholds and bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. And you can only do that when you have your loins girt about with the truth of the word of God and who God is and the promises of God. You can only do that when you have the breastplate of righteousness. He became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God for him. He declared us righteous. And we have the shoes of the gospel of feet a peace in our, on our feet because do you realize that Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection is the gospel that brings peace in our hearts? Shalom, shalom. As we, as we go around life, we should just say shalom, shalom and walk in our conversation with God. Peace, peace. Back in the 60s and 70s when, when I was growing up, I, I remember people saying peace. And that's upside down cross, broken with a circle around it, which was satanic. It was a peace sign. And sometimes they would say, peace out. And I don't know what that meant, other than veg out. But they were looking for free love and, and, and free everything. And the only thing free is the gift of grace and faith through Jesus Christ. But it costs you your life. You know, we can choose to follow Jesus but we don't choose to, how to follow Jesus. He's already got that in the Bible. That's why it's important to have your Bibles at Bible school. Sorry. <laughs> Shield of faith. Quench those fiery darts of the wicked. Quench them. They're going to come. The fiery darts are going to come, but the shield of faith quenches them before they can, even if they hit you, they're not going to burn you. They're not going to cause you to sin. Quench him, the shield of faith, the promises of God, the helmet of salvation, the assurance and security that we have in Jesus Christ. The living, powerful word of God is our salvation. He's our one that goes before. He's our reward. He's always around us. He will never leave us, forsake us. In fact, he has given you everything you need that pertains to life and godliness and more. The only thing that lacks is our ability to listen and follow where he leads. The sword of the Spirit, God's word. Seems really offensive. But that sword can divide the soul and spirit right down the middle. It can take away the the thoughts and the intents of the heart, it can go so deep. And the sword of the Spirit is going to go deep in every one of our hearts, mine included this week, I trust. Praying always in the Spirit. Spirit, breath, pneuma. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And the earth was out form and void. But he created everything. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. And he said, and there's the Trinity, the Word, God said, let there be light. And that same light became the life of men. 
creator God who is light became the life of man, John says. We beheld his glory. Glory of the only begotten of the full and true. Number five, stay connected with Jesus. Remain in the vine, John 15. Without me, you can do nothing. But Paul said in Philippians 4, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Again, the power and the peace comes from God. The relationship we have in peace with God, he has broken down any wall of partition between Jew and Gentile, any wall of partition between any Greek and Gentile. God we heard this morning in opening that we are blood-bought brothers and the same blood that cleanses our soul binds us together and we are members in particular and each one of us are following the same head, Jesus Christ. We are born again by the Spirit of God and we are blood-bought and His blood runs through our spiritual veins and we are connected and we, we are not fighting against each other, against flesh and blood. We're not fighting. Don't grumble and murmur and complain. Esteem everybody better than yourself. And we all grow in grace and the further knowledge of his truth. Stay connected with Jesus. Remain in the vine and so many other scriptures. But use the scriptures to deny the adversary's deceptions. Just like Jesus did when he was, when he was tempted. When, when, Jesus, when Satan tries to lure you out there. Use the word of God. Run the race and endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Because we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Communicate and pray for and fight for each other. We're not fighting against each other. We're fighting for each other. We're to hold each other up, lift up the hands that hang down the heavy knees. We are all of one blood, many members of many gifts, but one body. Don't elevate each other, don't exalt each other, and definitely don't worship each other. And by doing that, you're comparing yourselves one to another. Don't do that. Let God heal your heart. And bless you, as we go into the moral purity times, we have a tendency to, to, to shame ourselves or allow Satan to shame us because of things we've done in the past. Instead of bringing it to the light and bringing it to openness to God, God wants to reveal the deep and hidden things of our heart. And there's some things you don't share with each other, but you share it with Him. But sometimes there's a time for accountability. There's a time for counseling. We're, we're not paid or trained counselors, but we know a wonderful counselor who will take care of your every need. He, he is the wonderful counselor of the mighty God, and He is the Shalom, shalom, the Prince of Peace. Bless you. He can heal you. So spend time, number nine. No, number eight. Rejoice in Jesus has already won the war. I have conquered. I have the keys of death and hell, the places we don't want to go. The second death and hell, we don't want to go there. We're all going to die. It's appointed a man wants to die, and after that, the judgment. But Jesus has won the war. Now we're in the battles and the skirmishes. But Jesus is our shepherd, but he's also our king, our leader in the war. And his Holy Spirit is there to strengthen us and give us his... God is faithful. Praise his name. Spend time praising and worshiping God. We're going to do a lot of that this week with song and prayer. In fact, I want to sing hymn number 807 here just shortly. If so, you want to open up your, well, it's just right next page where we sang 807.
But just spend time praying and worshiping God. Focus on Him. Focus on the acronym for focus is focus on Christ's ultimate sacrifice. Focus. Focus on Christ's ultimate sacrifice. When you see Christ on the cross, the once, once for all men, for all times, no, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. No matter where you go, what you've done, how bad off you are or have been, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. It's Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So be confident. Number 10 is just be confident. Don't throw it away. Persevere and endure hardness as a good soldier. We all have need of patience. Hebrews 10.35 says, he says that after we have done the will of God, we might receive the promise. He will come. We need to live by faith. He's promised to come again. We just need to live by faith until he comes. Endure to the end. Lay aside the sin and the weight and that so easily holds us back and besets us from running toward him. And run. Run. Look into Jesus, considering him. You don't have to run for the devil. All you have to do is resist him and he will flee from you. You're not running from the devil. You're running to Jesus. You get that? Does that make sense? So just run to Jesus. Embrace him. When we take our eyes and our thoughts off of ourselves and fix us up on Jesus, he heals us. He feeds us. He protects us. He, he, he gives us everything you need. I want to close with this little thought. As we bless you, the staff, and the speakers, we just want to bless you, students. And like one of the brothers said, we love you. And we love you because he first loved us. Loved us. He gave himself for us. If any of you are going through anything right now, we had a, a some of you might remember Robbie. Robbie was one of the caregivers, caretakers at the Gospel Mission. Robbie had um, water on the brain, hydrophilus or something like that, and he had a really big head. And Robbie went through the foster care system as a young boy because he was given up by his parents. And Robbie was abused in many different ways and had foster home, foster home, foster home, finally found Jesus Christ through the gospel mission. And as he served there for 30-some years, we, we moved up to Washington, and some of the brethren from Cascade Valley were already going down and serving at the Gospel Mission because Zillow came, started down there. We were closer, and Robbie started coming out to church, and sometimes we'd take him to Cascade Valley, and he'd come out. He, it became his church. He wanted to, to, to go there. I just remember Robbie always... <laughs> you talk about a joy... Pete and Rose remember him and different ones, Anthony's. But he knew every song. Well, he grew up from his probably 20s until he's 50. In fact, most men like that or people with that condition don't live past 50. He was 76 or 77 when he died just a couple years ago. He's buried in our cemetery. But Robbie feared death. He knew the, the word of God. You, you could start a verse and quote it, and he would finish it for you. He knew the songs. He could, you could start singing a song, and he would finish it. It was just amazing, this man who really didn't look very good. Loved Jesus. But he feared death. Neil and, and Dolly, 
were the caregivers where after Robbie had his stroke, he spent about five or six years there in the home of Neil and Dolly. Neil was a big strop, strapping man and Dolly was a little small Filipino lady. Neil got cancer, had to go to the VA hospital and go through different treatments. And through that situation, he saw several different visions. One of his visions he saw was Angel beckoning him over the river. I'd like you to picture this, this sense of peace. Shalom, shalom. Beckoning him over the river. Come home, Neil. Come home. As he was going across there and realized it was getting lighter and lighter and brighter and brighter, he was also getting lighter and lighter. And he told me later, because he was released and came back home, he said, Russell, you can't believe it. The sense of peace I felt, I could not only sense it in my body, but I could taste it, I could smell it. There was just like peace flooding my soul. And I didn't want to leave there, but the angel said, go back. And so everything came back and he woke up on the hospital bed. Another time, at a different visit, he had a vision, Similar, but this time he saw Jesus, and he saw the smile of Jesus. And the smile of Jesus went as far that way as he could see, and as far that way as he could see. Maybe as far as the east is from the west. Jesus was grinning, and he could just see Jesus grinning so big because he was so happy to see Neil come home. Bless you. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He wants you to come home. He wants you to be close to him and follow him. Ever since those two visions of Neil, Robbie never feared death again. It was like it spoke to Robbie's heart. I don't know what your fear is, but God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Shalom, shalom. He wants peace in your heart. Let's sing hymn number 807.